0: Hi and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters Podcast, where we learn about somebody impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fetsky, editor in chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today we're speaking with Mike Daly, CEO of Orthogenerics. Thanks, Mike, for joining us today.
1: Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Sean.
0: So uh, your company Orthogenics or I'm sorry, Orthogenerics, your company offers a hyaluronic acid treatment for osteoarthritis. Can you just give a brief explanation of what, you know, what that technology is and what, what it involves?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, it's, it's kind of the underappreciated molecule in our body. Um, each and every one of us has over, you know, 15 grams of, of hyaluronic acid throughout our body. So it's throughout all our soft tissue. Um, it's the, uh, the, the liquid in your eye, the vitreous humor, is all hyaluronic acid. Um, throughout all the soft tissues, it's what keeps the uh, the tissue supple and resilient and resistant to shear forces. And it's also a key component in the articular cartilage uh, the synovial joints uh, to help with lubrication uh, and resistance to compression as well as shear so, uh, forces. So it, it's uh, pretty ubiquitous and um, a natural component. And uh, during OA... What happens is the amount of it decreases and the viscosity um i'm old enough to remember back in the day before they had multiple weight oils but my dad used to change the oil every fall and spring and in the spring mm-hmm. he put the high molecular weight or the, the 50 ww 50 in and then in the winter he put the low uh, molecular weight the 10 ww and it's very similar high ronc acid as you increase the size of the polymer, it's a very simple disaccharide that's two sugars and it just keeps linking together and together like a, like a train um, linked together. And as you get bigger, it becomes more and more viscous. And that viscosity allows the, uh, the joint to adapt to shear forces as if you're running or if you're in um, stagnant phase, it allows you to resist compression.
0: Okay. So, right. well, and
1: effect that... Effectively, the the treatment is, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like the jiffy loop. You got the bad oil. You come in. We top you off with the good things. You come back <laughs> two, three, four times, and uh, um, you're out. And uh, can get uh, six or more months of pain relief. So, that's uh, that's the simplest way to think of it.
0: Great. Well, that's that's uh. That's a fantastic overview, and I, I think uh, gives everyone a, a pretty clear picture of of what it does, how it works, things like that. Um, but for for approximately twenty years now, hyaluronic acid that that treatment that you just described was uh, was designated as a device by the FDA. Then in 2018, the agency suddenly questioned that classification and indicated that they may Deem it a drug. So, uh, what kind of what kind of impact does that type of indecision or or that kind of question coming into play have on a company like yours?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, it, as an individual company, it's had tremendous uh, impact. So, uh, you know, the FDA's decision um, um, over the last twenty years. Uh, there's a process called a request for determination and that's where a company will send to the fda and say look we're not sure this is a drug or a device or whatever it is and that mm-hmm. was the case back in 1997 when the HAs in the u.s were first approved it went through that process and the fda looked at all the literature looked at the primary mechanism by which it mediates its effect and they determined back then and as i described the physical characteristics that was really a fluid replacement. Um, my analogy of you got bad oil, you're it with good oil. And those are physical, mechanical properties. Um, back in 1997, hyaluronic acid was known to have some, as well as these unique biophysical properties, which are mechanical and therefore a device. It also had uh, some biological activities. It, it would... Uh, 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 There were cell surface receptors that were engaged hyaluronic acid, et cetera. So all this information was known back in 97, and actually, through the last 20 years, five separate requests for determinations have all come down on the side that, okay, you're you're still a device. Um, What happened in 2018 is I don't know what initiated it, but the FDA in their federal register and understand this is not a this is not a formal guideline or change in procedure it was kind of just a notice saying well we're kind of thinking that maybe these products although they've been regulated as device maybe actually possibly drugs It's very very uh, i guess nebulously defined and mm-hmm. uh, all the information that they referred if you looked at the primary references from once that was coming had been available to them for well over 10 years. None of the data that was coming out that they cited in this federal register was new. Um, so what uh, what triggered this is, is, it's beyond me. It's not it's not the science. The product has an incredible safety profile. Um, it's uh, uh, a recent uh, review by uh, Ben Rue et al, published in Annals of Internal Medicine, and it was contracted by actually CMS, found out that intra-articular injections were amongst the most effective treatments we have for treating osteoarthritis knee pain, Um, much better than the oral analgesis that are kind of the standard of care, the NSAIDs, uh, uh, the COX-2 inhibitors, uh, opioids, et cetera. And they had a much better safety profile. So, there didn't seem to be any trigger for the FDA to do this, other than they were kind of saying, well, we've reviewed the literature, and now the literature says there may be more biological activity. Um, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not something that uh, is new. Uh, the unique physical characteristics, I can't think of any other biological um, uh, I can't think of any other product that's in solution that has these unique viscoelastic properties, which means when, when you put it under stress, it actually is like a rubber band. It will come back into place. And this is real important to resist shear forces on your joints, et cetera, and right. resist compression. So it, it's really uh, the dominant uh, features over all of evolution that's um, been uh, uh, primarily mechanical and this change is pretty significant. So that the change to the drug, if given three, four, five years advance notice when you're doing your clinical trials, et cetera, et cetera, uh, is possible. It, it it's just totally different. The the whole everything manufacturing regulations everything are totally different between the two. To come overnight and all of a sudden without warning come up with this, and by de facto, what we know now is the FDA considers this a drug. It doesn't matter what you present to the Office of Combination Products. In all likelihood, the definition is going to come out as a drug. So perfect example is in the three years leading up to that December 18th notice, there were four HA, additional HAs approved in the U.S. Since then, mm-hmm. not a single H.A. has been approved. So that's the impact. And the problem here is consistency. And predictability—that right. is the real that—that's the generator for the lifeblood of innovation in the medtech and biopharmaceutical industry. That is when you have investors; they want a predictable and clear set of milestones so that they know how they can increase the various value inflections of their investment. That goes from discovery to development to FDA approval, reimbursement, and commercialization. And when you disrupt something, People say, well, this process that had been placed for 20 years now is disrupted with not with a total policy change, but something that totally changes how these products are going to be um, set up. I think it sets up uh, a ripple effect across the entire device industry. Um, the, The FDA could come up with this with any particular product and say, we don't think it's maybe we don't believe it's any longer a class 3 medical device maybe it's a class 2 or vice versa or change the rules of the game by putting a notice in the federal register is just not how historically for decades the fda has handled major policy changes and this is a major policy change
0: so so just to just to clarify uh, i mean you're not the only company that provides hyaluronic acid is that correct
1: no, there are uh, eight products that are actively distributing it. Uh, some of them manufacture it themselves, but there are also another six uh, manufacturers of hyaluronic acid that supply them to the distributors.
0: Okay, and, and as far as you know, I mean, you yourself, you would know for your company, but as far as you know, none of these other companies or manufacturers have done anything, have made any changes that would warrant this this shift in in uh decisions by the fda correct no that's absolutely absolutely right this, and this 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 class
1: of products to my knowledge and you know there's always possibly something i'm not aware of this product uh in the u.s approved in 1997 in the u.s globally since 1987 there's never been a clear product associated death associated with with this class of products. Um, and that's uh, injected into the knee. That's 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 unbelievable. So when you look at our alternatives for treating chronic pain associated with osteoarthritis, we don't have a lot of great uh great uh options because you have the right. NSAIDs, which have the chronic use with NSAIDs you have the black box warnings you don't want to take opioids you know what what's left for chronic management of pain other than bringing people to surgery which which is an appropriate point but it should not be your first choice after you you've failed to take uh, ibuprofen and getting good pain relief.
0: right and also just to just to clarify there's this is hyaluronic acid not with any additives or anything to address pain relief correct that's right
1: absolutely this is just oh, there are 16 products approved in the United States some of them are chemically cross-linked but that cross-linking really uh, contributes infinitesimal amount in terms of actual um, a composition it just helps stabilize the cross-linking of the HA um, it makes them more gel-like, and uh, they tend to stay in the knee a little bit longer. So uh, right. none of these have been modified. There are no drugs associated with them. Um, the purity standards, et cetera, et cetera, have not changed in – actually, globally, haven't changed in uh, almost 40 years.
0: So you mentioned that the the – A.J. will be uh, treated as a, a drug right now by the agency. Is, is that based that, that's on your... So
1: that's, yeah, the, the FDA has not made that formal statement, but by making the okay. statement in the register, it forces you to go to the Office of Combination Products, and our understanding is they're pretty much going to make the decision that these products are drugs.
0: So now, you know this brings up a larger a larger issue that I know concerns you, um, and that's you know as we as we see more and more. I mean, combination products aren't a new a new item, and you know you may look at H A as a you know some might deem it as a combination biologic device with the primary mode being in the device the realm of the device. Um, but yet sure. FDA same drug, which it doesn't doesn't seem like it's a drug at all. But what does this possibly mean for other device manufacturers who are developing combination products, you know, with with a pharmaceutical agent and a device where they've gotten that yes. that designation as you know the primary mode of action is a device or the primary mode of action is a drug, and they've moved forward with that. What what does it mean for them? Yeah. So anything uh, that contains
1: hyaluronic acid, I think this just puts a big wrench into the the folks of, of moving any program forward, because in all likelihood, you could be starting a clinical trial based upon interactions with the FDA, say on December 17th of 2018, and you set up all these clinical trials based upon that information, um, that the ha component of that combination product was going to be considered a device and now it's a drug and so you you would have done your clinical trials differently this is not something you can pivot on a dime and just because right. they published something in the federal register there's often five to seven years of development in the background um and uh it, it, it's just uh, uh it, that that you can't you can't pivot on a dime it's very, very difficult. So that's the issue of consistency. And going through what I would call a a formal rulemaking process, quite often when the FDA has changed things in the past, they would say, um, we're going to change things, we're going to regulate it, and we're going to give you three years to, to meet the new regulations. Or we're going to change it and this is what we expect you to do between now and then in order to continue to sell your product. It's it's not pivot on a dime, and this was pivot on a dime. Um, all of right. a sudden, overnight, uh, tremendous impact,
0: and, and and absolutely no reason given.
1: Well, the reason they're given is they they cite a number of reviews that were published in the. For three four years prior um, to the 218 publication but those reviews are actually reviewing if you go back to the source document the actual data that they're citing was available to the FDA for the last 20 years nothing's changed right. I mean right it's it, you know the chemical composition of hard acid hasn't it changed it's the same as it uh, always has since its discovery in the 30s and uh, it's been used, and in addition, it's been used, veterinary use, it's been in racehorses, it's used in ophthalmic, um, both for, uh, it's used to help with dry eye treatment, but it's also used primarily with the interior surgery of the eye. Um, that's regulated as a device, so, it, and it still is. They, they haven't changed that. That's a... That's, at least they haven't changed that. It's just for treating osteoarthritis knee pain. So how is it the hyaluronic acid, the same chemical composition, the same formulation, the same everything? When you put it into the eye, it's a device. Ah, now you put it into the knee, and it's and it's a drug. <laughs> That's what me said. And it's also used in aesthetics for uh, for uh, uh, tissue augmentation. Okay, so uh, is, is is that now a drug? If it's if it is, isn't or I I I just know don't know the answer to any of these things, and these are all questions that the FDA is, I don't think thoroughly thought through.
0: Yeah, it certainly doesn't sound sound like it was it was a, a well well thought out decision. Um, the uh, the other question I have uh, is the devices that are already available on the market, is there any impact to them?
1: Well, that's, that's a... Let's put it this way. Um, at this very moment, it hasn't impacted the two products that we have on the market. But that may be another hammer to fall, um, you know, even tomorrow. Uh, another right. notice in the Federal Register will say, no, nope, these are all drugs. And to give you an example... Um, the implication is you, you, fl- you constantly file, as you're aware, for Class three medical devices, you're constantly filing supplements, okay? In those supplements, you may be changing manufacturing, you may be changing maybe some subtle nuances in the labeling, all, all kinds of different things with those supplements. And some of these products that have been around since '97 have as many as uh, 40 supplements. In the Federal Register, it said before you submit these supplements, you should, uh, you know, ask for a designation. So, I, you know, your, your, your product, and you're trying to improve the formulation or whatever it is or adjust to things that are maybe not as uh, optimal, uh, making those supplement uh, uh, applications may, in fact, trigger some other decision from the fda and so it's uh i think the whole industry is kind of scratching their heads figuring out what are are we going to be now transition to drugs it the the federal register notice was not clear on that um right. they didn't say that they were switching everything they didn't put a timeline on doing that but it's kind of again this uh you know a big uh, hammer hanging over your head waiting for it to fall because um the next Federal Register may have something accordingly, and it would impact all the sixteen products that are on the market.
0: Yeah, which is which is a scary thought, and uh, hopefully, and,
1: and, you know, it, go ahead. Yeah, so I, for osteoarthritis knee pain, understand these products are incredibly helpful for. Managing osteoarthritis knee pain in a chronic situation. Now mm-hmm. they're not going to be very beneficial if you have systemic OA and you have the thumb, you have the ankle, you have the shoulder, whatever it is. Maybe then you want to distribute things in your orally and get it distributed to, to deliver pain relief more throughout the body. But this 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 class of products has proven to be incredibly safe and efficacious for um, you know, literally uh, hundreds of thousands of patients in the in the last twenty years. And uh it it uh, I personally have actually had thirty six injections of hyaluronic acid and I can tell you these products are safe and efficacious. Um right. I finally I finally you know bit the bullet and had bilateral knee replacements and uh here I am uh twelve years later and five knee replacements later um I'm, I'm, shall we say, almost wished I had continued to get my hyaluronic acid
0: injection. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's quite a few procedures in in a short, relatively short period of time. Yeah, well, somebody
1: pointed out to me I only have two joints. Um, I don't know how that happened.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this episode of Medtech Matters. I'd certainly like to thank my guest, Mike Daly, CEO of Arthur Generics, for uh, sharing those insights and, and you know giving us some some uh, information about what's happening with uh, hyaluronic acid in the uh, FDA. Uh, until next time, I'd like to thank you, the viewer or the uh, listener, for uh, for tuning in. Uh, but until next time, this has been Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO, saying thanks for listening.